Hey, look what you found. Welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly show that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era, and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Cole, and I'm back in the home studio, so if you hear weird background noises, well, not to worry, it's just me. Remember to check out the website, howgooditis.com, and the Twitter, and the Instagram, and of course the Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com slash Ow, how good it is, Pod. Okay, this week's trivia question. I think this one's kind of a hard one for you, but let's see. What do the following bands have in common? We have The Doors, The Velvet Underground, Art of Noise, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and Mott the Hoople. Need one more? Okay, but I think it's a giveaway. Steppenwolf. Okay, what do those bands have in common? The Doors, The Velvet Underground, Art of Noise, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and Mop the Hoople. Oh, and Steppenwolf. Don't think too hard, and I bet it will come to you. And as usual, I will have the answer for you at the end of the program. So let me tell you a little story before I get rolling here. For those of you who don't read the website, um, last week I was going to do the song that we're doing this week. Okay, uh, because my nephew got married last weekend, and so I thought I would be a little bit cute and have that week's episode be a wedding theme song, like White Wedding or Wedding Bell Blues. But I said, you know what, I'm going to do Chapel of Love because I haven't done a song from the early 60s in a little bit. And as it happened, during the week, while I was, you know, running around and we were doing wedding preparation and that that sort of thing, and my wife and I, we took a day out to go uh, walk around uh, Tarpon Springs in Florida, which is a very, very Greek community. And among the stuff that they have in Tarpon Springs, there's a lot of little shops and you can buy knickknacks and souvenirs and sponges. It's very big on sponge because it's the sponge capital of the world. And you go and you eat Greek food, and there was a used record store all the way down at the end of the street in this little building called Lighthouse Shops. And I like to to poke my head into there, and right next to Lighthouse Shops is like a spice store, and I like to go buy spices and that kind of thing. And they have the free parking, which is also nice. But I was wandering around the this used record store down at the end of, of Dodecanese Boulevard in Tarpon Springs. And I happened to find in that record store an original 1964 copy of the Chapel of Love album. And I said, well, this is a sign. I got to use this record. So I decided to push that episode back to this week so that I could use that album. And so when you hear Chapel of Love, you're going to hear the original 1964 album with the surface noise and all. I didn't bother cleaning up the recording. Okay. And, and so that's what you're going to hear today. All right. So we're talking about the uh, Dixie Cup sisters, Barbara Ann and Rosa Lee Hawkins and their cousin, uh, Joan Marie Johnson. They were a trio of singers from New Orleans who sang together since they were in grade school. When they first began to perform professionally, they worked in that area as the Meltones. Eventually, they were discovered at a talent show by Joe Jones, who you might remember from the song You Talk Too Much. And in fact, we talked about this just a little bit a few weeks ago when I did Ico Ico. So he brought them to New York City to meet with songwriting producers Mike Lieber and Jerry Stoller. Lieber and Stoller liked what they heard, and they signed the trio to a recording contract. The first thing they did was change the group's name, since Mel Torme's backing singers were already called the Mel Tones, with a little hyphen between Mel and Tones. Originally, they were going to record as Little Miss and the Muffets, but fortunately they were talked out of that, um... By, by They finally settled on a name that reflected both their New Orleans roots and, believe it or not, Mike Stoller's fondness for small cups of ice cream. And they called themselves the Dixie Cups. Going to the chapel and we're 
their debut recording, Chapel of Love, was written by Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich, who uh, themselves had gotten married about a year earlier. And that's one of the things that makes the song stand out from others of the era. There are lots of love songs from 1964, but it's mostly teenage puppy love level stuff, like The Supreme's Baby Love and Romeo and Juliet by The Reflections and Love Me Do by The Beatles. And yes, I know Love Me Do is from 1962, but there's a reason I'm mentioning it that I'll share later. According to songfacts.com, uh, Barry wrote the lyrics and uh, Greenwich worked out the chords afterward, but there's an extra detail to the songwriting that I'll get to in a minute. See, Barry and Greenwich wrote the song for Phil Spector to produce for Darlene Love, and Darlene Love did in fact cut a track of the song, but Spector wasn't happy with the result and it was never released. However, Phil Spector had this habit of demanding a writing credit whenever he worked with songwriters, and he was powerful enough at the time that he could get it. So even though he didn't really do anything, he's got a writing credit on the song, too. Anyway, the Dixie Cups were the first act to uh, record and release a song on Lieber and Stoller's uh, Redbird label, which most people thought of as a label for girl groups. But in fact, girl groups only made up less than half of the label's roster. They did, on the other hand, make up more than 90% of Redbird's charting hits. So there's that. The recording session caught a lucky break because it occurred to someone that, well, since the song's about a wedding, maybe there should be some bells, especially given the line, bells will ring, the sun will shine. Unfortunately, nobody had planned for that, but there just happened to be a set of chimes in the studio from someone else's recording session earlier. Mike Stoller tried to play them, but he didn't do such a good job, and once again, fortune intervened when percussionist Artie Butler came by. So that's Artie Butler you hear playing the chimes from the second chorus on. In addition to playing on the record, or trying to anyway, Lieber and Stoller were the song's producers, and the whole project got Phil Spector pretty angry because Barry and Greenwich had basically beaten him to the market with their record. He thought it was a betrayal, but that did not stop Spector from A, making another recording with the Ronettes and releasing it several months later on their debut album, and B, pairing up with Barry and Greenwich on 1966's River Deep Mountain High for Ike and Tina Turner. Chapel of Love was by far the biggest hit for the Dixie Cups, peaking at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and remaining there for three weeks. And the song they knocked out of the top spot, The Beatles' Love Me Do, which had only recently been released as a single in the United States. See, I told you I'd get back to that. And according to the Dixie Cups website, that makes them the first American group to take back the charts from the British invasion. The song also made it to number one in Canada, and it peaked at number 22 in the U.K., Now, the song has been used a bunch of times in movies and television shows, including, believe it or not, Full Metal Jacket, also Betsy's Wedding, and the 1991 version of Father of the Bride. But it's almost invariably the Dixie Cups version that gets used, despite there being a few covers that are both pretty good and commercially successful. In fact, the only cover I can think of that made it into a movie was by Elton John, who recorded it specifically for the film Four Weddings and a Funeral.
Bette Midler recorded a cover as part of her 1972 debut album, The Divine Miss M, which was arranged and produced by Barry Manilow. It was released as a B-side, but ultimately it was treated as a double-A when it charted, peaking at number 40 in 1973. And except for the 45, that specific recording was unavailable anywhere until a remastered version of the album came out in 2016, and it was included as a bonus track. Okay, here's one from the What the Hell Were They Thinking file. The Beach Boys included a cover on their 1976 album titled 15 Big Ones, which was a collection of covers. It was Brian Wilson's first turn at producing for the Beach Boys since Pet Sounds, and the project was hampered by internal squabbles. Ultimately, the only single that issued from that album that saw any real chart action was rock and roll music. And if there's anything less rock and roll than the Beach Boys version of rock and roll music, I don't think I want to know about it. Actually, I can't think of one, but I'm not going to get into the argument now. And as I mentioned earlier, the Ronettes recorded the song almost contemporaneously with the Dixie Cups, but it's the Ronettes version. It's considered a cover because it did come out afterwards. As far as the uh, Dixie Cups themselves, well, they moved to the ABC Paramount label before taking a recording hiatus in 1966. Joan Johnson left the music business around that time, and she was replaced for tours by Beverly Brown. Johnson died in 2016 at the age of 72. Beverly Brown stayed with the uh, Hawkins sisters until the early 80s when she became ill, and she was replaced by Dale Mickel. More recently, they've done performances and the personal appearances with Athelgra Neville filling out the trio. Athelgra is the sister of the singing Neville brothers. The group's official website, which appears to be fan-operated, it doesn't list any appearances of any kind since November of 2018, though, so I really don't know whether they're still active. Now it's time to answer today's trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you what these bands have in common. The Doors, The Velvet Underground, Art of Noise, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Mata Hoople, and finally Steppenwolf. Well, the answer is that they all get their names from book titles. The Doors name comes from Aldous Huxley's book, The Doors of Perception. The Velvet Underground is the title of a book by Michael Lee. Art of Noise, which is what you're listening to right now, and that guitar is Dwayne Eddy, incidentally. They got their name from a book called The Art of Noises by Luigi Russolo. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds come from a book and a movie called The Bad Seed, originally written by William March. Go see that movie, man, and get a chance. It's a, it's a creepy movie. Mott the Hoople, believe it or not, was the title of a book by Willard Manis. And finally, Steppenwolf is probably the most famous title of Herman Hesse's novels. Or it was when I was younger. I think they're making everybody read Siddhartha in high school now. And that's a full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. If you're enjoying the show, please take the time to share it with someone and maybe even leave a rating somewhere. That'd be beautiful. 
If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at howgooditispod. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where you might find a few extra bits. Thanks, as usual, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show. And next time around, we're going to find out how good it is when you can't even give it away on 7th Avenue. This one is going to be special. Tune in, please. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Next time.